Greetings, and welcome to Springfield Church of the Brethren's online worship for March the 29th. We're recording this on the 26th. We do have a few announcements uh, before we begin. If you need to contact the church for any reason, please visit our website. It's www.springfield-cob.com. We have all of our contact information there. You can also call us at 330-628-3058. You can also contact your deacon as well. If you have any prayer requests, go ahead and give us a call there or email us, and we'll make sure those get onto the list. Bible study is continuing this week. It'll be at 7 o'clock on Tuesday evening. We are using Zoom, and we'll be continuing with the third chapter of Esther. Thanks for all those who, who joined us last time. We had about 15, 16 people. It was really a good time. Um, at this moment, the May outing to Amish country, we are still planning to go forward with that. Any questions, give Rita Snyder a call. We still need help as we're getting ready for district conference in August, and you can contact Becky Bertot. April newsletter is coming out this week. We are actually writing most of it tomorrow. If you normally pick up a paper copy here at the church, you will, of course won't be able to do that this time. So give the church office a contact and let Becky know how you would like that sent to you, whether you want a paper copy or it's sent to you digitally. Two special thanks, a special thanks to Bev Bridger who came in and played piano. Um, she'll be playing Near My God to Thee and Pass It On by Kurt Kaiser later in this worship time. And a special thanks to Becky and Christopher Klein. Becky's given me the all, really, look. They have really been wonderful in making sure that we're able to get this worship out to you every week. Although the doors of this church building are currently not open, the work of this church continues on. We are here daily doing what we can to live into our faith and the community's work of Christ. If you are able to continue supporting the work of the church, we ask that you please send your tithe here to the church. Thank you. I invite you to enter into this time of worship as we pray, followed by the music. Gracious Creator, we are gathering again to worship you as individuals and a community. We ask that we are not shut off from knowing you are with us, but that we continue to feel the Holy Spirit bolstering us. We thank you that we live in an age that even though we can't see one another face to face, we are not separated from hearing and seeing one another. We thank you for the spring flowers that are beginning to bloom and for the buds on the trees getting ready to erupt into leaves. We ask for prayers for those who continue to serve the public in these dangerous hours, for nurses and doctors and those who make their work possible, for farmers, truck drivers, warehouse and store staff that make sure we have access to the needs of life, for teachers, police, firefighters, and public servants who look forward towards the future and who work to keep us safe and moving onward. 
and for all those who perform the thousands of jobs that keep our communities operating. We pray for families, friends, and those beyond, that they are safe and healthy. We pray for comfort for those who are lonely and health for those dealing with illness. We especially lift those who are fighting illness and are separated from the world. Please be with them more palpably and keep them in our hearts so that we don't forget them in our prayers or when we can reach out to them. We pray for all of these people and for those that we now lift in our hearts. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today's scripture comes from the letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, 10 through 13. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at the last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Amen. 
Okay, so you may be wondering, especially if you've been watching the video version and have noticed that I have changed my shirts and why I'm wearing just a plain gray crew cut t-shirt with a pocket on the left breast. There is a reason for this. I was not actually planning to wear this today. I was planning to wear that nice shirt you probably saw me in earlier, that off-white button-up shirt. But sometimes life changes things on you. Because I had been planning, I was gonna wear that shirt. I actually even had an argument with myself in the morning. You know, I'm, I'm gonna wear that shirt, but I thought I'll, I'll wear my jeans and I'll wear my, my sneakers because I like to take walks while I'm here and they're more comfortable for that. But then I thought, eh, I'm wearing a nice shirt. I might as well go the whole nine yards, wear my nice pants and my nice shoes. So I get to work. And I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Becky, our, the church's secretary. And I do what I do every morning. I take my, my coffee mug that I bring from home and I take my coffee mug I keep here at church and I poured the coffee in like that. Now, you can't see it very well, but there's a button on the back of this. It's got a little mechanism in it so that I, clumsy person, me, doesn't easily spill the coffee. Rather, I have to push in the button and that opens up a little thing inside and it opens up a little space in here so that the air can come in while the coffee comes out. The thing is, is when you put hot liquids in a container, it builds pressure in there. And this is very good, it's airtight, it keeps that pressure inside. But when you first push in that button, that pressure has to go somewhere, or is given the opportunity to go somewhere, so it does. Normally that's fine, you just do it like that and you get a little poof. But I had already turned my coffee like that, so that the coffee was covering what is now the bottom, was the top, and as I pushed in, coffee shot out of the end and shot out of the space the air goes through and got all over my white shirt. I took it back and I washed it in my little bathroom in the back of the sanctuary and I actually hung it up in the window to dry so that's why I was able to wear it for that but they gave me the idea for the sermon today and I thought I might as well go ahead and still do it in my t-shirt like I thought I was have to do anyway. You just never know what life's going to throw you. My band teacher, he would always go up to us during marching band season and remind us, Semper Gumby. You probably might not be familiar with that phrase. It's an unofficial motto in some of the U.S.'s military branches, kind of a, a play off of things like Semper Fi, always ready. Semper Gumby, Semper being always, and Gumby being that green claymation character from starting back in the 50s all the way through the thousands. You know, famous because he's super flexible. Simper Gumby, always flexible. It's a good thing to live by, whether you know, you're in marching band and there's a big rainstorm and you have to do the halftime show without the woodwinds. Or you, know, you get coffee all over your nice shirt or it feels like the world's coming to a halt because of a virus. I know that we all found ourselves in a different world lately. 
I, I can still recall our last Sunday here in this sanctuary. It was kind of empty. And I, I understood that. I knew why people stayed away. And we, we even encouraged that. But it was still sad. I was so glad to see those who were, were here. But we missed those who weren't here. And then afterwards, avoiding shaking hands, avoiding giving hugs. We knew it was going to be different. And we knew it was going to get a lot more different yet. It was just a taste of what was to come. Now within the next few days, we joined our brothers and, and sister churches as they decided they weren't going to continue having church services in their building. And soon after that, companies started changing how they were operating so that people weren't coming into contact with each other as much. And within a week or so, our state governments and our local governments decided that it needed to actually officially limit contact between people. Then there was those that went home, those who suddenly found they didn't have a job or that they could have a job, but they had to do it in a new way they've never imagined before. Some found as, as schools were closing that now they were also 24-7 on childcare. And so now learning to do a new job at home with the kids at home is a big change for a lot of people. And that doesn't even get into, you know, not being able to say visit mom or dad, not being able to, to go visit grandma or that person in the hospital because we're trying to limit the chances of folks getting sick. It's a new paradigm. Now I take comfort in the fact that we are not the first people to ever deal with this kind of thing. Um, again and again, I've been going back to Paul lately. I mean, Paul's life changed so much from the beginning of the story to the end of the story, in, in different acts even. I play on word in acts, I know. Anyway, so he started out at the beginning of the story a, a, respected, um, a respected man with given power by the temple elites to go out there and to hunt down and persecute these early Christians. And then all of a sudden, he finds himself one of these persecuted Christians. Not only that, he, he's a leader among them. So he finds himself traveling all over the Roman world, preaching and bringing the gospel to people. He finds himself in a lot of jails. Today's reading, we think, was one of those jail writings. We're, we're not 100% sure. So... so it's written to this, the church in the town of Philippi. And if you were to look for it on the map today, you'd look at Greece and you'd look up at the northern edge of Greece and along the ocean, and that's where Philippi is. Paul visited there on his second trip, and he started a church there. Now, at some point, he, he wrote letters to them. A lot of biblical scholars, we, they think that there's actually three letters to the Philippians. And we have actually taken those three over time, or rather the church did, and it combined it. And that's where our one big letter from, to the Philippians comes from. It's the combination of those three. 
And if that's so, today's reading comes from the last letter that he wrote to them, which means he's in a Roman jail cell. This is the second time I've preached, thinking about Paul in that Roman jail cell, preparing for the end of his life. Just imagine it, Paul, he's sitting there. For 30 years, he's been walking and preaching. He's been often at odds with, with people who think that the church should go a different direction than when he's heard Christ call him to, to take it. He is a man who has been often in jail, he's been abandoned, and he has been slandered. One would almost automatically picture him this tired, grizzled, scruffy, I say that as a scruffy man, cynical person. But he's not. Even as he sits in this jail cell, his faith in God, his zeal for the gospel is just as strong, if not stronger, than that day that he met Ananias and had his eyes cleared. And he found Jesus. Even behind bars, his words continue to praise God and the freedom of being in Christ. Freedom in times of captivity. His life had changed so drastically. Even in the last 30 years, during that walking to where he is now, it has changed so drastically. And his ministry has continued, even though he's in this new paradigm. We have been given a gift, you and I, the Holy Spirit. It lives with us, no matter where our physical bodies are. We have more than just strength of arms. As Paul said, we can do all things through him who gives us strength. I know, I paraphrased in to make it plural for us. But just as we are reminded at the end of every worship here on Sunday, that the gospel doesn't stop at the doors of the church, we are reminded that it carries on to our homes, and from our homes, it carries out still farther. There are no limitations to the gospel. There are no walls for the gospel. Paul reminds us that God is still with us. He wrote this letter to those supporting him, even as he sat in a prison. And we are continuing to do that. We support one another, even though there are these walls. Our ministry and strength does not end just because we can't leave the room. The church building may be closed, but the church itself is open in continuing the work of Jesus. We are just going to have to be a bit flexible. Thank you.
blessings on you this week. I pray that as new things come your way, good and bad, that you will be able to be flexible, that you will be able to find the blessings in all things, and that you'll remember, even if you're feeling like you're getting knocked down by this world, that God's with you and that you aren't alone. Blessings on you, because you have God's strength. Amen.